God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you in the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things. You know what's interesting about faith? It shows up everywhere and in everything that we do. Sometimes it's big and sometimes it's small. Maybe it looks like you taking up photography without formal training. That's faith. Or starting a podcast that you have no blueprint for, but you believe will fill a void. Insert self, because that is exactly what happened with the Woman Evolved podcast. My co-host today stepped out on faith to create her own docuseries now with Natalie. And sis hasn't looked back since. Listen in on her journey and allow it to inspire you. Introducing to some, presenting to others, the Comparable Natalie Manually. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm so doing good great. To good to see you too. Thank you for your patience with us. We've been going from location to location, having to set yeah. up from scratch. So I really appreciate But I know you're used to this. I'm so used to it. And thank you. And I just want to, before we start, I just want to give you your flowers. I appreciate you. I appreciate your ministry more than, you know, you know, it has infiltrated my life beyond measure. So I just want to honor you with that. Thank you. That means a lot to me coming from a fellow sister. I feel like we live in this intersection, although we haven't spent that much time together, but faith and culture and the demographic of women who were serving or everyone actually that we're serving. And so I've definitely been affected by your work and a lot of my friends speak very highly of you. So I'm looking forward to just getting to know you. Are you in L.A.? I am and vice versa. We have a lot of mutuals. We do. We do. I have to tell you, so they were giving me the rundown. They were telling me, uh, of course, who your brother is. And then they told me about your dad. I was like, no, the whole family, the whole family does a thing. It's like, at what point did you realize like the whole family's doing a thing or has the whole family always done a thing? What is this? What did you all eat growing up? What, what, I mean, tell me what's the secret. I should actually be asking you that. What did y'all do? Okay, from your father all the way down. No, my parents just fully, you know, they instilled the call, you know, and purpose in our life. And for us, I mean, it wasn't an easy trajectory, but we followed it. And, you know, it's really, I really accredit to my my parents for just planting them seeds. You know what I mean? And so right now we're all kind of walking in our purpose individually and collectively as a whole. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really indicative of those seeds growing up. It's like a lot of times you won't realize all of those things that your parents are giving you, but in reality, then they come up later. So I accredit it to that. So were you, have you always been very tuned in to focus um, on your faith and like the impact that you can make in the world? Or did you have a season where you kind of a prodigal daughter type situation? Because I have to say, I haven't always felt purposeful in my life. Mm. I think a lot of it had a, a lot to do with just my history, um, my mm. own issues with not having self-worth and value. And so I kind of didn't feel like my life really mattered, especially because I was coming so far behind. And yet when yeah. I got older, those seasons that were there, those placements of faith that were sprinkled throughout my life began to spring up, but I didn't always know that it was true for me. 
Mm. Ooh, that's a great question. Honestly, it was, it was during the transition. I, I worked with my brother for quite some time. And from there, I felt like a inkling, AKA the Holy spirit to transition out. And in that midst of that time is when I felt like, who am I? What am I doing? Am I purpose filled? What's the point? But in all reality, that season was when I birthed now with Natalie and my conversations and all that good stuff. So that's probably been the most recent a few years ago where I felt like, what, what's the purpose here? What am I doing here? Um, No, I was going to say, I love that because I feel like right now that so many of the women that I speak to, I feel like the culture has diluted the definition of purpose and it's Mm. been diluted with notions of success or fame or just making money. So I want to know, how do you define purpose? I think for me, purpose is just submitting to his will in that season of your life. Mm. And, you know, and I think for me, even in that season, as much as I felt purposeless, there was so much purpose in that season and that season of rest and that season of redefining and that season of rebuilding. So for me, purpose isn't necessarily your job title. Mm. Purpose is what kind of wife you are, what kind of mother you are, you know, what kind of friend are you? Purpose is submitting, like I said, to the will of God. If there's a season where you need to be obedient and rest, that's, yeah. there's so much purpose and rest in the season that you're, you know, that he's calling you to do something for your neighbor. That's, that's, a call and that's purpose. So I think it is, it's so good that you said that because we're so conditioned, especially in our culture to be like, I do this. So I'm filled with purpose. No, in all reality, what you're being is purposeful and it looks different in so many different ways. So for me, it's honestly just submitting to the will of God. Mm -hmm. If you're anything like me, you love buying gifts for other people, but not just any gift though. I like to give the kind of gifts that are uniquely intentional, letting my loved ones know that I see them. That's why I love Uncommon Goods. They have the most unique, high quality items that allow me to accomplish my goal. For instance, my husband and I are usually one another's travel buddies. One of us may or may not need to borrow the other's charger for various devices. Uncommon Goods has a sleek travel cord roll that I've had my eye on to keep us organized. It's cool that every Uncommon Goods purchase you make will also result in a $1 donation to a nonprofit of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. They take buying power to a whole new level. Whether you're getting your Christmas shopping done early, buying a just because gift, or treating yourself to something unique, to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash evolve. That's uncommongoods.com slash evolve for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. Okay, so I love this idea of purpose being seasonal because when we talk about purpose, we're like, where am I going to land? Where will I be planted and rooted where I will ultimately begin to be fruitful? But if we decide to see purpose as something that is seasonal, then it changes the way we wake up each day because it's like, listen, I don't know what the weather's going to be today. I don't know what's going to be coming my way in terms of a text message or a job opportunity. But if I wake up with the mentality of purpose and I wrote 
note about this in Woman in Woman Evolve is ultimately my goal is to bring purpose to whatever I'm doing. I have an opportunity to be the hands and feet of Jesus. I have an opportunity to show love and to show kindness, but purpose is a mentality, not a destination. Yep. And where you are positioned each season of your life determines what your purpose is in any given moment. Ooh, that's a word. Well, that, that, there's that. That's it. That's it. And I think too, it's, it's really imperative to, to chew that, to chew it and actually swallow it. Because once again, our culture is, I have to know this grand purpose over my life and all reality. Like you said, it's ever evolving where there is an evolution to our purpose. Yeah. The thing leads to the thing. There's that one thing that might not lead to the thing you want it to, but it's leading to the thing. So in order for you to be able to get to that thing, you have to first sustain this thing in this season. You know what I mean? And so I think it's just encouraging for people to not feel so, Hey, I haven't reached that goal yet, but you're in process. You're in that moment. You're in that, you're in it for that, you know? So, yeah. Okay. So what is your purpose in this season of your life? (sighs) So many different things. Wife rebuilding, you know, rebuilding, you know, what it is to really be a wife, mother, rebuilding that, what that looks like, um, creating healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, saying yes to the assignments that God has called me to, even though sometimes it could look a little, you know, but really yielding, yielding to that. I mean, I go kind of go back to the basics of once again, the season is submitting to his will. But for me, it's honestly just getting things back in order. Marriage, marriage, literally mom, then work and understanding what all of that looks like and what that all entails. And, you know, just fulfilling the call, fulfilling the assignments that I've, I've been uh, destined to do. Now, Natalie, I try to mind my business, but when you say rebuilding wife, (laughs) rebuilding motherhood, those were great answers, but I have to ask like, what does that what does that mean? And just know if you, I'm going to show whatever you show. So if we go in there, I will never leave you oh, out there by know. yourself. Yeah. But I wonder like, what does that mean to you to be rebuilding? I guess maybe the, your role as a wife, your role as a mother. I think it's honestly the preconceived notion of what I maybe thought it was and mm. what it should be. And also what is needed and understanding. We know, you know, growing up in, in, in church, we know that God is a God of order. We know that your first ministry is your marriage. And then from there it goes to your family. So for me, it's focusing on that. And then from there, rebuilding that and then go with work. I think, you know, if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have been so focused and centered around work, 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 because my identity wasn't that. I'll keep it all 300. My identity wasn't that. And it was like, wait a minute, this is completely, this is why I feel empty. This is why I feel joyless because I'm putting all my eggs in one basket and thinking that the things that I'm looking for are going to sustain those things inside of me that I'm desiring. But in all reality, I was completely out of order. So for me, it's just a season of getting, you know, getting the neck back, getting the head back and realigning and kind of getting back into it. So, and also to creating boundaries. I think that that's probably the biggest thing for me as, you know, too much is given, much is required. You know, as more things as we evolve into with work or whatever it may be, the different season in in our life, I know for me, in order for me to sustain that, I got to create healthy boundaries. And what do those boundaries look like? Um, So it's really getting things in order and, you know, rebuilding marriage and rebuilding wife. I mean, sorry, rebuilding motherhood is really just 
dismantling the preconceived notion of what I thought it was Mm. and what it is now and really eradicating those things that the culture says, this is what it should be. And our reality, no, this is what the kingdom says it should be and getting back. Okay, so this is in my neighborhood. <laughs> I'm well familiar with this class because I feel like when I met my husband, I'd gone through divorce, I bought my house, I had a career path in front of me, and I felt very confident in my ability to build a life independent of a man. I was I was proud of that. I think especially coming off of the heels of a heartbreak. The only problem with coming to a sense of pride and identity with building your life outside of the need for a man is that when you do have one, you have to be willing to restructure your life to make room for that person without feeling like you're sacrificing your identity or that you are going to lose yourself in the process. And I feel like the first couple years of my marriage were more difficult probably than they had to be because I was so afraid of losing myself in marriage. I was so afraid of losing my voice, of letting someone just be the boss of me. I don't think I trusted his ability to make room for my purpose and my dream in the context of our marriage. And I didn't just want to end up feeling like I gave it all away for the pursuit of another person. And I think that we had a lot of friction because of that. And I've had to rebuild my definition of marriage as well to not just receive this idea of a woman and just, um, I hate the word, I hate the conversation that's taking place around submission because I think that what people consider submission is not what submission actually is. And so they see a woman laying down her life, laying down her thoughts, her words, her ability to advocate for herself and her ideas so that a man can be in charge of her. And I don't really feel like that's what submission is, but that's what I thought it was. And I struggled with that until I had an idea that really submission for me as it relates to my marriage with my husband is being with a man who has the ability to recognize that this is my mission, this is his mission, and he understands that our missions have to work together. And so the responsibility is on his shoulders to make room for both of our missions to coexist. And he takes that role very seriously, but not everyone does. But I think that that is something I definitely have struggled with. And I think... I think too, for me and and you as well, I'm, I know that you're a leader, so you're, you're a born leader. And so with that leadership, you know, my (laughs) counselor always says lead out there, but it's not, you know, there's certain things that I had to really understand and, and let my flesh die to say, you know what, there is strength in submission. There is strength in allowing someone else to lead, but for so long, not even, I just, that wasn't because of who I was. I felt like that was okay in every area in my life. In all reality, that's not what it is. But to be honest, it's so much better. It you is. Agree. You know it what I mean? Is. It's just like there is no, that friction is gone, all those different things. And then even from, as a mom, I think too, I'm learning as a working mom, just the balance of that guilt, that guilt can come in. You know what I mean? So that's a whole thing within itself of understanding the purpose and the assignments and the call, but also understanding the purpose and the assignment over my daughter, Mae Jones, and what does that look like? And so that's what the whole rebuilding, restructure, so for me is. 
After living in California for almost a decade, my family and I are in need of winter jackets now that we live in Dallas. I'd been lurking online to find the perfect one to give my daughter. I believe I hit the jackpot because style is so important to her, but practicality is what matters the most to me. Lululemon's Wonder Puff Jacket takes care of it all. It's easy on the eyes, water repellent, and windproof, and it's insulated to perfection. I love that she's not going to complain about it being too bulky, and it will provide the warmth that I know she's going to need as the temperatures in Dallas begin to drop. Don't sleep on Lululemon and the variety of items that they offer. This holiday season set joy in motion with the best gifts at lululemon.com. Put cheer into gear by shopping the best gifts at lululemon.com. I love that. Um, I love that we're learning the same lessons about marriage. <laughs> oh, because it'd be thick out here when we are. It is thick. But, you know, I, I feel that there's like this desire, especially I think for black women to like demystify this strong black woman trope. And yet yep. in order to let that down, to take off our cape and to say, I want to be vulnerable. I want to be delicate. We have to be willing to let someone take the lead in those moments so we can and recover. So when my husband, like my husband was out of town recently, I usually sleep with like my eye mask. I have earbuds in and I'm like, well, if he's out of town, I'm not sleeping with that because I may have to pull up on somebody and I want to be able to make sure I can grab that thing before they push up on me. <laughs> he came home. I grabbed my sleep mask. I put my earbuds in. He's like, now I can rest because there's yeah. someone else here who can cover while I am sleeping. And I think that that is the beauty of submission is that I'm going to allow myself a moment to come undone, to fall apart to get the recovery that I need while someone else takes the lead. And when he needs me, I'm on my square. But when I need him, I've got to be willing to say, I need you. I need your covering. I need you to take the lead on thinking. I need you to take the lead on the decision making because I don't have it right now. But that level of vulnerability is something that I don't feel like we're really taught. We're taught to serve. We're taught to cater. We're taught to be strong black women. But I don't know that we're often taught to just release everything and just be without fear, without consequence and without um, thinking that it makes us weak. Yeah, and I'll take it a level further. I think for me, I didn't even realize that, you know, sometimes for me to be honest and vulnerable was was from, I am now, but was from a place of what was blocking, that was pride. Mm. And I was like, wait a minute, hold up. I, I have this? Yeah, have not this? me. No, Surely like, not. No, I'm no, so no, down no, to no, earth. No. What? <laughs> what? You know, so it was really digging that, digging that root up and really acknowledging it and making sure that we eradicate that as well. And so, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to have a partner that reflects you and also just as, as a mother and a child to really outwork those things in you that need to be gone so that once you get to the next, you know, we keep going. Do you think part of balancing motherhood and the guilt that comes with pursuing our career and purpose is rooted in the idea of women or women existing to serve other people's needs? And then when we begin to shift that focus a bit, now we're maybe not as present. We're not at every pickup and drop off. We're not at every single function that we may want to be, but it's because we're building our lives. Do you think that the guilt of that is rooted in this definition? 
definition of service. And I feel I'm raising two younger daughters right now. They're 13 and six. And one of the things that I'm trying to do in communicating with them is not just telling them that I'm working, but like I get to podcast today. That's one of the things that fulfills me and makes me happy. So hopefully I'm placing a seed within them that it's okay for you to do the things that bring you purpose, to do the things that fulfill you. And like, I'm playing with you now, but tomorrow I've got to do this and to try and make room for the full definition of who I am. So they're not surprised. Like I was when I entered into my thirties and realized like my mother's a woman, like up underneath her making our snacks and being there for me and having all of the advice. Like she had needs and dreams and goals. She went back to school. She started a business, but I feel like I found out after effect. And I wonder if there's a way that we can incorporate it as a part of the conversation we have, even when they're young. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still working on that. I'm still working on that. To be honest, even it's so funny Friday. Um, and she's only, she'll be two in December. Um, she, I have an event, um, uh, conversation I'm hosting on Friday and one of her friends, like one of her first friends ever, I mean, girl, she pretty much do is going away for six months. So they're having a going away Mm -hmm. party. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I can't, I can't, I'm like, dang, God, this is the day that I have to go do this. And this is when I want to be able to be there with her. Granted, she probably won't even remember it. But that's something I had to work through. I had to work through like, okay, obviously the sitter is going to take her and, you know, X, Y, and Z. But there's still some, it's still, it's still a thing that I'm literally trying to find the peace in. How about that? Mm -hmm. Because it it is a wrestle and it, it brings me, you know, it's emotional for me because I want, I want to be the mom that could be at every thing possible, but also having to remember that the assignments and the call is still fulfilling the things of God that's calling me to do as well as being her mom. And I'm not doing anything wrong, but of yeah. course those voices can completely tell you a lie that you're going to go and agree with. Yeah. You're going to go and yeah. agree with, and you know, <laughs> they're not even the truth, but they, that becomes your narrative. And so for me, it's, it's honestly a daily struggle to dismantle that narrative that has been embedded in me of saying like, oh, you should feel this because of that. But in all reality, it's completely fine. I would love to know how you dismantle the narrative in real life, like in practicality, when you're having a moment where that narrative is consuming, you're beginning to feel the guilt, you're beginning to feel the worry. Like, what does that look like for you? Great question. For me, I go back to if this is the assignment that I said yes to, and if this is what I'm supposed to do, and I had peace about this decision, then that is that. And she will be okay. You know, if I was wrestling with the decision that I made in in the initial ask or whatever it may be, whatever the job is or whatever the thing that I'm supposed to go do, that's different. But if I knew instinctively that this is something that I was called to do, Nothing can waver that. And of course, as we know, the enemy has a bag of old tricks. He's going to use that one to make me feel some type of way and start wrestling. So for me, from a practical, pragmatic standpoint, it's really going back to what did I feel when I made that decision? Was it peace? Okay, I'm going to follow that path path of peace. And I'm not going to allow the enemy to disrupt or corrupt my feeling Mm. for this decision. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I hear you saying is that you've mastered the art of protecting your peace. And I wonder because you live in this intersection, as do I, where you're influencing culture, you're talking to these movers and shakers of culture, and yet you have a very specific assignment as it relates to kingdom and establishing the kingdom and revealing the kingdom mm-hmm. in spaces where people may have felt like there was darkness. How do you go about making sure that you stay potent in rooms and conversations and relationships with people where you could run the risk of being diluted. Maybe your vision is diluted. Your focus begins to become diluted. How do you stay tight? Well, I'm not going to lie. I don't know if I've mastered it, but I've definitely found a flow. Mm. Um, And the flow has been, you know, just got to stay fortified, right? Like you got to lean in. My ear has to be close to his ear. I think for me, it's, it's protecting my peace at all costs when it comes to maybe not going on social media right before I need to, to have these conversations or just creating those boundaries. Like I said, is the season I'm in of just really creating those boundaries and making sure I'm filled up. So that whatever comes out is him, you know, John three, three, as I decrease, you increase in me. That is literally my scripture and affirmation that I go by right before I have these conversations, because it's not about me. You know what I mean? It's like, I know that I'm assigned to pull out and to reveal the kingdom and the way that he's called me to it. But for me, I got to be laser, you know, for me, I also, as it's hard but putting on those blinders day in and day out to really be focused on this is what you've asked me to do and be clear and confident about the mission and be very clear of what it is. So when I get in that chair, nothing is wavered. And, you know, as I'm listening to the guests, I'm also having an ear to the Holy spirit. And if it's Mm. time to flow, I'm going to flow. I'm not going to necessarily, I'll flow with them as well, but I'm not leading the conversation. So for me, it's really being at a place of being empty and him being filled in me day in and day out, especially in those moments. So that what comes out is, is of him and what is, is the compass is of him because I love what I do. I, it gives, brings me so much joy and so much happening happiness, but it is, it is exhausting. You know what I mean? It's because you, there is a fight. There is a battle, you know, not even the battle of, just the things around you once you get into that chair, but just your mental. And so for me, it's, you know, staying prayed up, listening to worship, like doing the things that I need to do and allowing him to do the rest. And I think that that's, that's probably the biggest key for me too, is making sure that I'm doing what I need to do, Mm -hmm. not putting it all on him. Like, Oh God, just show up. No. What what part do you have to play? Do you need to rest all day before you, you start? You know what I mean? Do you need to be filled up so that you're rest, but you're really being restored? Do you need to just have a clear ear and and be able to chill all day and and not do anything for work so that you can have a ready ear if he drops new things in your spirit to talk about the next day? So it's really being expected and being having an ear to hear him before that time comes. 
This summer, I took an extended break from working, and in my time away, I was able to make even more space for my mental wellness. Whether you're a working mom, stay-at-home mom, or a stay-at-home and work mom, sis, your mental wellness is valuable. And that is why this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. You know you've already been thinking about it. Now is the time to take that step to make some time for you. Having a therapist has helped me pace myself, remind me of my growth, and also holds me accountable to my mental wellness goals. BetterHelp is just as convenient and affordable as it is necessary. Problems can come from every part of our life, and it's vital that we have the appropriate tools we need to tackle them, and BetterHelp can assist you with that. For me, instead of solely focusing on the problem in front of me, therapy has shifted my perspective into having healthy solutions and improved my communication skills. When you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash evolve today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash evolve. Do you have a conversation that you're like most proud of where you're like the Holy Spirit detoured me or I thought it was going to be one thing or I brought this out of this person? Like, I need a moment. Man, I did. Oh, God. Charlemagne was a moment. Charlemagne, the God that 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 detoured that really detoured. I was like, okay, where are we going? And you know how it is. It's like you have your things, you're ready to go, but you also are like, okay, Lord, do what you do, and then he starts to do what he does, and you're like, wait, hold up, calm down, right? (laughs) Slow down. (laughs) But what the beauty was, the product and the fruit of that was what he gave me, which in turn gave the audience, which prayerfully set people free. And that's the goal, right? It's like the greatest way to serve is to tell your story. And so for me, it's, it's really getting them to a place of feeling vulnerable and, and trusting me and being able to pull out those things. And so he was definitely one of them. Um, him, Kelly Rowland was also one and Cece Winans. Cece mm. Winans is one as well. Yeah, she, I mean, I mean, it's Cece, but she yeah. definitely, we just went to a place where I needed it. I needed it. It was a conversation where I was asking, you know, she has her song believe. And it's like, well, take me to a place where you stand and you believe and you know, God's going to do it. And he doesn't. Yeah. How do you respond? And so we, that detoured into something different, but it was a blessing for me and hopefully the others, the viewers and the listeners. I love it. I love, um, I see a lot of your clips on social media. We talked about this a little bit, just about us having so many mutual friends, but what I love more than anything is seeing a kingdom girl winning and seeing a girl out there that is doing it in a way that is relatable, that feels tangible and makes it look easy. Even though I know it's not easy, I know that it can be very isolating. I know that there are very few people who understand the assignment and the position of where you are. And yet you've been placed there with such intentionality because God trusts you on that wall. And so I just want to thank you for staying on that wall, for getting back on the wall when the wind came and knocked you down, for remember which side of it you belonged on, because it does. It makes a really huge difference and it allows us to see people who may not otherwise feel safe enough to talk about faith, to talk about their jobs and their career path. And yet to have this safe space with you, I think has been really powerful for us to all watch. 
Oh, I receive that. And thank you. And you already know, like I said earlier, what you have done and are doing and continue to, to do has been, has been a blessing beyond, beyond what you can imagine. So I appreciate your obedience and your sacrifice. Cause girl, what, what you give is it's just, you're gangster with it. You're gangster mm. with it. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that. <laughs> You come, you're a giant in the spirit and, and, and you slay. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. We got to help some of our girls out. They sent us a question and only you can help me answer it. So it says, hi, I'm from the Caribbean. I've been listening to your podcast and sermons for a while now, and I'm thankful for having such a great woman breathing life into my faith. I've been a Christian for about four years now. I decided that when I turned 19 years old, for the most part, it's been really familiar for me. I say familiar because from a very young age, I've always been different. I looked at the world differently and I never really did what the world expected of me. Some part of me knew there was more to life than what I was experiencing. And I guess I didn't realize then the call of God on my life, but I'm just not sure where I am going or what I am doing. Honestly, I know for a fact that I love God and I want to live my life glorifying him, but I just don't know what that looks like. To be quite honest, I grew up singing and dancing for the most part out of the church and very recently in church, but I'm not really sure where to go from here. I haven't figured out my purpose in this life. I would really appreciate some advice on how to serve God properly in my youth and how to deal with the loneliness and uncertainty in this season. Thank you in advance. I love this because I feel like we've already like scratched the surface on it, but I want to hear your take. Well, one, serve. You got to serve. You got to start service. And like she said, how do you serve the Lord? You serve the people around you. you. You start in your home. You start with your siblings. You start with your parents, your friends, whatever that may be. And your gifts and talents will make room for you. Mm-hmm. So whatever you serve with, serve with your voice. She, she's a singer, right? So serve, mm-hmm. serve, serve the community, serve the people around you. And I don't think necessarily isolation is always bad. I think there are seasons in our life where we need those moments of isolation and, and, and literally leaning in and getting the tools and the things that we need. But when it becomes such a heavy weight that might not be of God, then that you need to force yourself to let people know, Hey, I'm a little bit lonely. Like remove that pride and reach out to, to your friend, have, have coffee, have dinner, whatever it may be. So I think it's first really identifying that season of loneliness. What is the idea of that? What, what is the why of that? Is it, is he calling you closer to him or is this a tactic of the enemy? So that's kind of how I would see it. Um, and, and serve, serve the people around you with your gifts. I love that. I think it goes back to what we really already said. You know, I think everyone's looking for a you made it moment, a you made it sentiment. And I think at the end of the day, as it relates to faith, as it relates to being the person who God created you to be, the moment that you came out of your mother's womb, God was like, check, she made it. He made it. Like, they're already there. Like, there was no achievement. There's no degree. There's no Mm -hmm. promotion that God finally says, now you've become who I had in mind. 
God already gave you everything you needed from the moment you took your first breath. And so the only thing you have to do is walk it out. And the only way you can walk it out is to be present in this moment, not wondering what I should be doing next year or where is this headed or how is this going to work out? But to come into each and every moment saying, you know what, this this moment is all that I have. And if this moment is all that I have, what do I want to bring into it? What spirit do I want to carry? What do I want to release? What do I want to refrain from saying so that I can be authentic in this moment? And from that place of authenticity, from that place of presence, just trust that God's going to order the next step. And sometimes Mm -hmm. we want we want the full map. We want ways to tell us. To, if ways did not tell us exactly how we were going to get to our destination, we would uninstall the app. Because like, child, where am I going? Like, right. which highway am I getting on? What, how many turns am I going to have to make? How long am I going to be on this road? But imagine a world where the ways just gave you one direction at a time. That's what purpose is, is staying in that one direction, one moment, one yep. season, one job, one relationship, one single moment at a time mm-hmm. and allowing yep entrusting that the next thing is going to be revealed. That's good. That's a, that's it. That's it right there. And not aborting it, you know, because we want to rush to the next and we want to rush to that grandiose thing, but not realizing in that moment, we need that stuff. We need all of those things that we're learning, those seeds that we're planting. We need it also. Like you said, we don't need to rush because guess what? If we rush to it, we're going to abort it. We're going to abort it because we're not going to be able to handle it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah. Woman Evolve is supported by First Republic Bank. You've worked hard and now it's paying off. That's why it's time to start working with a financial partner who will always have your back. With First Republic Bank, you get a personal banker who's ready to sit down, listen, and provide the answers you need, no matter how complex your questions are. Whether you're interested in residential lending or curious about other banking products, you can reach out to your personal banker by phone or email or visit in person. It's all part of First Republic's commitment to delivering extraordinary service every time. To learn more about their extraordinary service, visit firstrepublic.com. That's firstrepublic.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. It's so funny. Someone asked me recently, how are, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm exhausted. Um, which I... <laughs> I am <laughs> exhausted. I am exhaustion. Like I'm not, it's not even, that is a part of who I am at this point. I am exhausted. And then I realized like part of the reason why I am exhausted is because I am carrying next year's responsibilities in this uh-huh. moment. I am exhausted because I am so consumed with what's going to be happening in six months, what's happening a year from now that I literally don't have. I do have enough energy for today, but because I feel like I need to be front loaded for the next year, I'm exhausted because I already know that I'm going to run out of gas if all I have is now. But this morning, I just felt my spirit like, girl, all you got is today. Like That's that's all you got. That's it. And if you can make it through today, then maybe you can make it through tomorrow. But like, let's not worry about having enough for the next six years of your life when all you have is this moment. And so I'm trying, I still need a nap. Like I'm still exhausted, but I think I would be less exhausted if I wasn't trying to figure out every move for the next year. No. And that's honestly, I love that you said that because that's literally something I had to work through in counseling last week because I realized Mm. that I was like, wait a minute, I'm not one with anxiety. And like, 
anxiety, literally exhausted. Like as I start, I'm already exhausted. And it's like, wait a minute, hold up. I'm over here jumping to Friday. I'm jumping to Saturday. Plan out the week. Yeah. But take it moment by moment. And for me, I was trying to control the future. But then what's faith? You know what I mean? And I'm carrying stuff that I'm not even supposed to be carrying anyways. That's yeah. half of the reason why I'm exhausted. Trying to figure out this, trying to figure out that. And all yes. reality is to let the Lord figure those things out. That ain't on you. Because the math is not mathing and you don't have all of the you don't have all of the equation figured out. Like all you have is your one part of it. But God's got other things he's going to add to the equation. Like the math isn't supposed to math right now. Just be present. God's going to add the other things. I have to ask you, this is airing the week of Thanksgiving. So in the spirit of Thanksgiving, in the spirit of being present, in the spirit of not worrying, what are you grateful for at this very season this very day this very moment in your life that you know is a direct connection with your obedience to who you're supposed to be in God honestly my family my mm-hmm. my wife I mean my wife my husband and and May Jones I think for me it's I feel like we've been able to have such sweet moments together and just building as a family um and I think too not only that just the family and the synergy around that but also just understanding, I think for me, I'm grateful for clarity. I'm grateful for clarity. I feel like Mm. I'm getting a little bit more clear. Obviously we're never going to see the full picture. We only see in part. Right. But I think even the the small part that I do see has given me peace. So I'm grateful for clarity. That's so good. I think this season of my life, I am grateful for affirmation I think that um, we've moved back to Dallas and I had a lot of experiences here, a lot of traumatic experiences, a lot of things that made me feel broken and unqualified. And I think the further we get away from our trauma, the more we try to diminish it or neutralize it and think maybe it wasn't that bad or maybe I was being dramatic. But there has been something healing about me being back in Dallas and allowing the little girl version of me to give the adult more healed perspective of who I am, a tour of this city, a tour of my childhood, a tour of these relationship dynamics, a tour of what it meant to be in church when I was a little girl. And I feel like the little girl and the woman are walking together in a way that has been very healing and affirming for me. And so I'm grateful to know that I didn't make it up I'm grateful Mm -hmm. to know that I wasn't as messed up as I thought that I was, that maybe I was just hurting, maybe I was lost, and I'm grateful to to also feel found and Mm -hmm. empowered and confident in spite of all of those things. So I'm I'm definitely grateful for this exhausting season. Yeah, (laughs) no, that's it. And that's, you know, I had to shift my perspective on that as well. It's like, these are the things I've asked for. So how are you stewarding it well? And I'm mm. making sure that my attitude and my spirit is aligned with his and, and not, you know, working on not feeling like I'm complaining all the time, but in all reality, yeah. rejoicing, rejoicing, like, yeah. wait a minute, this is what I asked. So I had to like literally do like, OK, Lord, so what am, what part am I doing wrong? Because this is yeah. what I asked for. So, you know, so for me, I completely get that and I understand that. And, you know, I'm grateful. For, I am grateful for why I'm exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> that you know what part. I mean? yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, because so. I've been exhausted and mad before. So <laughs> oh, do you hear me? Exhausted and irritated, but I'm just uh, exhausted. And that's a blessing within itself because exhausted and having to cut somebody out, that don't that God don't even like that. But now I can just be exhausted and take a nap and be a better person. And that's who that's who he wants me to be. Anyways, right. <laughs> so good. Thank you, Natalie. I love of you. Course. I love the work you do. This yes. feels like it needs to happen over sweatpants with no makeup 1, on and maybe French fries. I don't know. That's, that's 1, the energy it's giving. Yes. French fries and a Coke and, and, and a pizza and I'm good to go. <laughs> okay. We're going to make that happen. Yes, we are. Thank you so much for who you are and, and I'm praying for you and, and keep on keeping on, sis. Likewise, likewise. I'll see you me. soon. My pleasure. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Natalie, your insight, your heart, your compassion, your authenticity. It has truly blessed me. And I know for sure I am not the only one. So thank you, girl, for sliding on through being my co-host, but for also being on the other side of an interview for a change has really been something that I think may have stretched you. I don't know. I appreciate you allowing me to mind your business, though. My hope for this episode is that it will inspire another woman to have faith in the thing that God has been highlighting for them to do, whether it's creating those boundaries, whether it's starting that business, just know it's going to require faith, but you are the woman for the job. So get it started. Join me next week. We've got more conversations, more incredible women who are out here evolving. Don't miss it.